Pentecost Sunday. Um, relax if that scares you. We're not trying to do anything weird today or anything. We just um, we just want to know the Lord and uh, create an understanding of who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. Um, and the Holy Spirit really is uh, the vehicle in which that happens. And so uh, we want to try to create some clarity on 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 who. The third person of the of the Godhead is, and try to understand um, more of Him today. The fog will wear off, and I'll start talking more normal here in a couple minutes. I think. <laughs> Who is the Trinity? Um, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You've heard this. Um, the way I have learned my prayer life, uh, when Jesus taught us how to pray, he taught us how to pray. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, our, our prayers should always be um, channeled towards the Father. Um, Jesus is the way, right? Uh, he is the, the door, he would say. He is the gate. Um, he, is, he is the path. Uh, and so the way I see it is, is the Father is the destination. Jesus is the road. And um, the Holy Spirit is the vehicle to which we get there now. Oftentimes, as Paul encouraged us to pray, he prays. He encourages us to pray um, in the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit, and and this will take time to learn how to insert yourself into the Holy Spirit to pray. Um, you have to move past a lot of busyness and a lot of stuff uh, to to put yourself in a place where you really truly feel led by the Holy Spirit, and. Uh, so anyways, today, what I'm, I'm very aware of is that we are all in different places in our relationship with God today. Some are, are, are looking from the outside at Christ, trying to figure out if, if, they, if they like this, if they want this, if these people are weird. We are. Um, some, some are um, trying to figure out how to get through um, some of the difficult Stuff. Some of you are going through some difficult things in life right now. In your marriage, in your jobs, maybe in your church, amongst friends. There is hardship. And I just really want to make sure that, like today, I can maybe just start by saying where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's, it's difficult to get to that place. Um, and what I've had to learn is that I think we approach Christ as a option, like Tylenol. Um, and if the headache doesn't go away, you know, we prayed, but I, I have another option, and that's, that's Tylenol. Does that, does that make sense? But for your marriage, uh, it's good to go get counseling. But the Holy Spirit is the answer. Jesus is the answer. The word of God is the answer. And I think oftentimes we're sampling Jesus and trying everything else. And, and I, that, that concerns me because um, Jesus isn't a answer. And as your pastor, I feel your weight. I feel your burdens. I feel the, 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 the anxiety that you're, you're, you're carrying, you're, the, the fear that you walk through. I, I feel those things. 
anyways, we're going to, hopefully we'll get there today. Let's stand for the reading of the word. <laughs> yeah. Get to where you're going here, preacher. Uh, I'm not emotional. You're emotional. John chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, I'm just going to read a, a, a large passage, passage here. This is our Savior talking here in John just before he's about to die. And he says, but in fact, I like that, in fact, it's, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, then the advocate, he won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. For the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you simply cannot bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and that's why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You with me? Lord Jesus, help. Amen. Ah, the Holy Spirit is like the most complicated of the Trinity. I feel like he's the hardest to understand. He is one of our values in our church. We feel like as a community that if we have a service and he's not present, we're doing something really wrong. Um, and it's really hard to, to create a value that says like, are we accomplishing the goal of the Holy Spirit within our community? How do we know if that's really happening? And in the scripture, we talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and, um, well, I hope that that's evident here. We pray that his tangible presence is also here and that you can sense a power, an authority, a conviction, a righteousness, a purity. Um, and when his spirit comes, it calls out to you. Uh, it, it should be pulling you out of your comfort zone today. I, I have found that as Americans, we are good at comfort and the Holy Spirit is always gonna ask for more. Um, he's trying to pull you away from, all right, I have to keep going here. Um, <laughs> It's best for you that I go away. That uh, seems to not make sense to me. Uh, I, I, I feel like this is like Jesus breaking up with his girlfriend. Um, it's, <laughs> it's better for you that we, you know. <laughs> um, it just doesn't seem right. Um, but um, think about it like this. Jesus, um, though he is God, he was one person. Uh, and can only communicate with several people at a time, but he released his spirit throughout the earth. In the book of Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, uh, the, the God created the heavens and the earth, and the spirit hovered over the face of the earth. The spirit has always been here. It's always been about the Holy Spirit. In, in, in Genesis 1, 27, uh, he says, let us make man in our image. I believe that we have three parts, uh, body, mind, and soul, uh, just like the Father. You have a mind, you have a body, and you have a spirit. Um, and, and this is the way that the Father operates in our lives. We were made in his image. 
Uh, but understanding the spirit in our life is massively difficult. But when Jesus said that it's better for you that I go away so that he will come to you, some things you need to know about the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember um, when someone told me this one time, it was like revelation, because every time I pictured the Holy Spirit, I saw a dove. I don't know why I saw this, but the Holy Spirit is not a dove. Um, he is a person. Um, Jesus said, it's better for, 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 for you that I go away, that he would come, right? We're using pronouns here, a little delicate subject in this day and age, uh, but he <laughs> will come. He is a person. He can be offended. He can be grieved. Um, and he does uh, operate in power. Uh, he is a person, and the way I understand it, when, when, when the promise of the age-old scripture says that everywhere, you, the, even to the ends of the earth, I'll be with you, I'll never forsake you, I'll never leave you, I, I often like to think about the Holy Spirit in a weird way, kind of like a creepy uh, guy that will never, he just kind of follows me around everywhere that I go, and like, I'm just not going to leave you, like, and there's been seasons in my life where I've been angry at God, and I wish that he would leave me, and I'm thankful for his promise that is more consistent than my affection towards him. Uh, and so anyways, uh, that's just me being transparent. I'm gonna try to jump into here. Um, he says that if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. He calls him the advocate in uh, several places here in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit's gonna be known as the helper, the advocate, the comforter, um, the guide, the counselor. And it's funny because these are all things that we're seeking in our life right now, right? Counseling. Comfort, a helper. There's some things that anyone like just feel like you're out of strength and you can use some help right now. Uh, there are some single moms probably in the room right now just feel like I can't do this all. Like good news is you're not alone. And, and that sounds cheesy and it sounds like an easy thing, but like the reality is you can lean into this and you'll actually find it strength or you can pin it on your refrigerator and look at it once a week, right? Like, uh, that doesn't help. This is something that we, we, this is what we live by. Anyways, uh, the Holy Spirit, one of the roles that he will do is he will convict the world of sin. Uh, when you have stopped noticing that there's sin in your life, you're in a bad place with the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that any day that goes on that I don't realize that I was an idiot in some way, shape, or form, it's a bad day for me. I always want to know when I became selfish, when I became greedy, when I became lazy, when I became lustful, when I became prideful, and I want the Holy Spirit to check those things in my life. Otherwise, we're not growing. Um, we want to be led by the Spirit at all times, and I have found Him check me. And He doesn't try to get me to make a hard right turn. He often just nudges me. You need to say you're sorry. You need to do this. And He'll just nudge you. Because you're walking with him. He shouldn't have to pull you in a completely different direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. All right this is, none of this was part of my sermon. So here we go. It's the prequel there. So my concern with this concept of, of Pentecost is uh, what we're going to find is that there was a day, a great day of outpouring. But the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you. But the Holy Spirit really is trying to bring heaven into your life. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will only tell you what he hears from me. I love this place of authority that the Holy Spirit comes from. Authority is so good for our lives. 
And the Holy Spirit is only doing what he's being showed and revealed. And, and this is good for us to learn authority. This is another concept here, but blessed Trinity, always operating in humility. The reason why I'm trying to say all these things is because as you look into these words, you, you, Jesus is trying to explain to you what the kingdom of heaven is like and who the Holy Spirit is, which can be so difficult to kind of figure out what, what's going on here. But the Holy Spirit in my life is, is, is I'm, I'm crying down here today because I love Jesus and I have intimacy with Jesus because the Holy Spirit. And as we're singing these songs or as I'm praying this morning, I'm realizing how much God loves me and how much I love him. And it's really because the Holy Spirit is, is revealing things to me in my life. He is drawing, making me closer and more intimate with Jesus, more intimate with the Father. So when you're hearing God's voice, you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And often, it is not some big echo like James Earl Jones, right? It's, it's the still small voice because he lives within you. It's the whisper. He shouldn't have to speak loud when he lives inside of you. So here's my concern. I have to move faster now. My concern is that what happened on Pentecost Sunday is often not present in a lot of us. So I'm going to take you to a couple different places where my hope is to ask you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Watch this. Jesus dies uh, uh, Passover, right? And Pentecost happens 50 days later. Uh, Passover, Pentecost, 50 days Jesus dies, three days later, we know that he what? He, he rose from the grave, he was resurrected. And um, then there are several times where Jesus is gonna show himself to the disciples before he goes to heaven. Now he's already told them that when he dies and he goes away, he's gonna give them the Holy Spirit. But I want you to watch this in John chapter 20. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Why? Because they killed Jesus. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, and he said, peace be with you, because they're scared. Hey, guys, it's okay. Calm down. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. Pretty dang cool. Okay, I know. Okay, I got you. I think I know who you are. Wow, big moment here, right? Like, you're not like anyone else I've ever met. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And, and again, he said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. You got this? Uh, in my life, I want to make sure that you all know that like, we all have a calling. We all have a commissioning. There is an, a, a goal that the Lord is trying to get us to do on the kingdom of earth. And apparently, according to Jesus, you can't do it without the... So he breathed on them and he said, receive this. Now, this is interesting to me because I want you to understand that we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a massive, overflowing uh, overwhelming emotion, a crazy filling of God's spirit in your life. But I want you to know that I believe that whether some of you may not have had that experience, you all have the Holy Spirit if Jesus is the Lord of your life. 
Watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, we see, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? So earlier in Romans, when Jesus says, like, what do you got to do to be saved? We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. When, when you're saved by confession, when you're confessing that Jesus is Lord, he already lives in you. And so what I see Jesus doing when he says, receive the Holy Spirit, he wants them to know that they're, they're going to need, like, hey, guys, have peace. Like, I see you're, you're scared. There's work for you to do. But there's not total transformation happening in their life. Peter is still quite the idiot. You'll see. He still makes a lot of crazy mistakes, and so do we all. But the boldness and the power to do what he needs to, be, to, to get done in our life only comes from the Holy Spirit. Let me say it a different way. Hopefully, this will get your attention. There's a lot of good things in your life that you can do, but you can't do any great thing that God is asking you to do without the Holy Spirit's power. And I think that we get used to doing a lot of good things, and we check in with God periodically. And that's not the path that Christ is asking us to pursue here. True. So I'm going to take you to Acts really quick. And I'm going to like, so how do I get the Holy Spirit moving uh, this, this experience, this overwhelming encounter? Um, I want you to know it, 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 was, it was a really convicting to me even as we were singing that song today. I want the Holy Spirit's baptism in your life. Uh, but I, for the sake of not creating, I've seen it create so much confusion in people. I'm not going to try to like baptize anyone in the Holy Spirit today. Why? Because you don't need me to do it. You can do it on your own. Like he, the Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go and he just wants to move in your life. Many people within our church have received the Holy Spirit's baptism at home, in their car, away from everyone. And sometimes someone telling you that you need to do something or say something is just going to confuse the crap out of you and make you feel weird. Just do what the disciples did. Watch this. No one prayed for them. They just obeyed God. And here's what they did. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, this is where it gets really difficult and confusing for our lives, guys. We are the disciples. So watch their reaction because this is our same reaction. You guys still like me? Yeah. I know that there's hardship going on in your life. I don't care about the hardship as much as I think that this is the key ingredient. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Hold on. I thought they already got that. Didn't they already get that? Didn't he breathe on them and say, receive the Holy Spirit? As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to feel, uh, for, for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? Let me just stop there for a second. What I hear in this passage, every time I read it, 
is my own natural response to the things I want God to do in my life. So watch this. The Lord is saying, I want you to wait for something I'm gonna do. It's gonna be really powerful in your life. You're like, yeah, got it. And then the very next thing we do is bring our prayer request to the Lord. Hey God, so now can I get that new car? That girlfriend? Can you heal my wife? She's crazy. Can you, um, can I get that puppy? Can we have the house? Can we get the thing? When is my gonna get prime promotion? You know what I'm talking about? And he's like, I want you to wait for me, the spirit of me in your life and that's gonna be power for you to do everything you need to do. Okay, God, cool, cool, cool. Can you now do the thing that we like? And what they're wanting is for Israel to be fixed. We want America to be fixed every time we get on Facebook or social media or whatever. And he's not worried about any of that stuff. It's the, um, yeah, okay. So he says then, he says, so, so they kept asking him, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And then he says, Father alone has the authority to set those dates. So I'm not telling you when I'm going to do what you're about to do. You're going to have to just wait for it. But here's what I will tell you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses and you'll be able to tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What do you want? I think that we get fixated on things that we want in the moment, but do, like if you were to step outside of your moment for a second, would you rather make a difference in this world? Would you rather change people's lives, see people restored, healed, helped? We get really stuck in our own world and we don't recognize the big picture of what the Lord really wants to do with and through our lives. But first, the Holy Spirit's in your life, while it will make you a witness and it will be powerful, it really is first for you to be convicted, to know the Lord, to know comfort, to know peace, to know rest, to know him, to know his will, to know direction, to, to know when to shut up, to know when to speak up, to know when to be quiet and rest and apply for the new job or when to stay in your position like the Holy Spirit is the leader. That's what he does. He's gonna lead you into all truth. Okay, so we'll keep going. I have to go faster here. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. I blame the Holy Spirit because he made me cry, you know? And so that's what really got me going here. I, I was a long intro to get to where we are here. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Let me just stop there. I don't know if you have ever experienced the power of God. And sometimes it's just been so long since we have. But this isn't actually a supernatural thing. It's actually a really natural thing. Because you were made for him. So this is actually supposed to be normal. I think we've seen things that God has done and made it weird. But it doesn't need to be weird. It's actually you 
connecting with your creator. That's about as normal as you can get. And it should be powerful. We're talking about all the power in the universe stuffed into a nine volt battery. You know what I mean? Like this is like a, like this is supposed to be a powerful experience. Um, I think about it like this. Um, what would the power of God feel like if I'm trying to explain it to you? I don't know. You ever do the ice bucket challenge? I think about every coach that's ever uh, won the big game and you see it on TV. They know they just won and they're excited and they're walking to the field. They go shake people's hands and whoa, like that was holy crap. Man, that's victory. Okay, yeah. Woo. And it, it's all over. I don't know how to explain it. it, it, and, it and people respond to emotions differently. I believe it's a powerful experience. For some people, it's not an emotional experience. Pastor Tim's emotional. I get that. <laughs> Greg's not emotional. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the way that God moves on you is going to be different, right? Like, Josh isn't emotional. But, but when the Holy Spirit falls on him, he is locked in. He's like a smart guy, so he's seeing, like, graphs and things and, like, <laughs> moving, and God's, like... I don't, that's weird to me, you know, but, but it's powerful and you know it. And it was made for you to be influential in the life that you have. But I think we get stuck trying to take the Holy Spirit like a Tylenol once a week when we get backaches or headaches or things are rough. And then we try to ask like, hey, can you help? Yeah. No, because I ain't worried about your problem. The very problem that you have is what's drawing you to me. I'm just trying to get you to come to me. He ain't worried about America. He ain't worried about politics or your mortgage or your job. Or He can fix all that in a moment. What he is concerned about is the bride of Christ. He loves you and he wants you and he wants all of you and the only way he can do that is the Holy Spirit. Remember we said that yeah, the, the Holy Spirit now, you are the temple of God. And so the way I see it is the Holy Spirit lives inside of you in a powerful big way. Now, think about this just for a second. I gotta move a lot faster. Is any of this making sense so far? Yes. I know he's like mystical creature, dove falling from heaven, right? But think about it like this. We're putting a lot of stuff in us on a daily basis. Yeah. Drinks, food, information, television, stuff. What you feed will grow and what you starve will die. I watched a video this week. It told me that um, as a leader, I can have a great vision for my job or for my things, but if I don't have a vision for my marriage, it's in trouble. I really didn't like that. So we're going on a date today. I mean, it's like I, I, I got it on the calendar. How do you feed the greatest relationship known to man in your life? Because if you don't feed it, you'll starve it.
On the day of Pentecost, they were all meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound of heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and it looked like flames of fire, of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It said all of them spoke in tongues. I don't know why, uh, I, and I'm not even saying, speaking in tongues is not the answer. That's, that's, that's like a, a recipe, that's like an aftermath. What we want is the Holy Spirit in you. We just want you to seek God and the gifts will take care of themselves. You just, you gotta get married first, right? Like that's the, you, some people want the house and the dog and the kids and they're like, eh. you want marriage and marriage with Jesus, that's what you want. I remember, uh, I told you guys last week, I think the pastor that laid hands on me and when I got saved and I come down on Easter and uh, I remember the crying and the Holy Spirit just healing and healing and healing. And it was like he was taking years of hurt off my life. I can't explain it, but it was like I came in there with just weight and, and stuff. And when he prayed for me, it was like stuff was just coming off. But that wasn't the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the day I got saved. Now, for some people, the day of salvation is the day of deliverance. It's the day of freedom. It's the day of all the... No, but for me, that happened months later. Because I was loving Jesus, but I was still smoking pot and dating girls and doing all kinds of crazy drugs and, and chasing money. And to, but but I, I, I found the one that I loved, and that was Jesus. It took me a long time to figure these things out. But I remember the day... When they laid hands on me, it's about four grown men and they were filled with the spirit and they started praying over me and they would not let go. And it was like they saw the potential of God's will in my life and all four of those dudes, it wasn't like one guy just whispering, Jesus. Like, dude, they were like, yeah, God, would you touch this? Will you change them? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, all I want to do, just change me. And I don't even know what that means. You know, like, what is that? How do I change? What's changing? I don't know. But I know I want what he wants for me. And I remember the power of God hit me in the craziest way. And it felt like fire and like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be like for you. Write your own story. But we're a fool to know that it's possible and still chase after the things of this world. I'm going to read you one last story, and I'm almost done. This is later here in the book of Acts, and it says, while Apollos was in Corinth, he traveled through, let me go, let me go to the book. Acts 19, Acts 19, Acts 19. It just, it feels like more powerful when I read it in the Bible than on a, on a, on a paper. Acts 19, 1. Uh, that doesn't feel right, but. Oh, there it is. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, and he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We hadn't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you receive? And, 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 this, and this just makes me realize that there are believers that know the Holy Spirit exists, but don't know about his power. And then as it would go on for the sake of time, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 men of them in all. All I know 
is that we have the potential of enjoying religion and not recognizing God. Thankful that you come to our church. You can be anywhere. There's a lot of better preachers that don't cry and actually make sense when they talk. but that ain't what we're after. We're after him. And in your life, he is with you and talking to you and pulling greatness out of you and exchanging the hurt and he's giving you strength and healing. And when the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Isaiah said, for he has made me to, 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 re, to proclaim freedom to the captives and, and, and beauty for ashes. And, and it's like when I hear what's on Isaiah, I wonder, is that what's on you? Because some people love God and I don't see power or strength. And then I just wonder, are you, where's the compromise? So here's what I'm asking you. I say all that to say this. I, I dare you this week to carve out right now in your phone, even getting out your calendar, time. For you to give the Lord time for you to seek him. Seek his presence. Seek his power. Seek his will. Seek his transformation. Seek his kingdom over your own. That you would lay down the things that you want and you would ask God, would you move in my life? Would you fill me with the power that you promised? In book Acts, he filled all the apostles with the Holy Spirit. He goes outside and he starts prophesying. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on everyone. That's us. God wants to pour his spirit out on us in a powerful way. And he loves you probably way more than he likes me. Like, Jesus told the disciples, this is how you're going to get it. Wait. And that's something as Americans we don't do very well. We got microwaves and fast food and faster food. And I mean, it's crazy now that McDonald's isn't, like, ain't fast enough. What in the world? I just want you to know the Lord's not going to do that. He's worth waiting for. I thank the Lord that once I, I gave my life to Christ, Teresa was worth waiting for. I always wondered, God, 10 years I've been waiting for my bride. You were worth it, babe. And some of you don't, like it's, you're, it's, it's worth waiting for the things that God has laid up for you. It's better than compromise. It's better than a quick fix. It's, you want what he has and it's worth contending for. 